0: You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. So sorry for being late with this episode this week. I was out with my family on the peninsula, the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, doing some camping and some crabbing and some stand-up paddleboarding and some f- campfires and some s'mores. And so I have been a little bit delayed in getting this one out. But this is a really exciting episode. On today's episode, we're joined by Anthony D. Clementi the founder and creator of Biohacking Secrets. He's an entrepreneur, an author, an expert in optimal fat loss, energy, and human performance. He's a bestselling author of The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus. And he works with Navy SEALs, Hollywood celebrities, Silicon Valley CEOs. I mean, the guy is an expert of expert of experts. And our conversation is really great because I really like the way that Anthony thinks about things. It's very balanced. It's very grounded. Um, on today's episode, we talk about uh, his definition of biohacking and why it's not the, the, the term as more people use it, he starts to not like so much, um, the need for personalized health, how we can look and feel the way that we want to, and the four root causes of, of you know basic human performance deficiencies, uh, stress toxins, infections, and deficiencies, and he talks about that those specifically in our conversation. Um, he talks about the metal detox protocol that he's going through right now, which is fascinating to hear everything that he talks about. Talks, we, we also get into the topic of ayahuasca and how plant medicines have helped him Um gain greater perspective in his life, and deal with bouts of depression. You know, he took antidepressants for a long time and, and has been weaning off of those, and ayahuasca has been a massive part of that. In fact, I believe he's not taking them anymore. Um, we talk about sun gazing upside down. Uh, we talk about different types of breath work that he uses, both uh, on demand in the moment when he's feeling stressed, and also um bigger breathwork, Wim Hof style breathwork, holotropic, and what he's gotten out of that doing 40 to 60 minute sessions with the work of uh, another breathwork practitioner. Uh, It's a really great episode. It covers a lot and it goes deep into a lot of different things. And again, like I really appreciate this type of episode with an expert like this, who thinks about the bigger picture about the way we live our lives, not just the EMF Avoidance and sunlight exposure, and the importance of those sorts of lifestyle factors. He's really kind of a skeptic in a lot of ways, and uh, it was really refreshing to have that conversation with him. If you head over to biohackingsecrets.com/forward/slash/coaching, you can watch a lot of the testimonials that some of his clients have given for the work that they've done with him, uh, and you can apply for a coaching engagement with him. And if you use the code NaturalStacks, you get five hundred dollars off and believe me, as a coach, as a performance coach and a life coach, um, you get what you pay for when it comes to coaching services and the same thing goes for, for therapy and other, um, experts in these fields. So I'm excited to bring this podcast to you, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Anthony DiClemente. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we are here with Anthony DiClemente from BiohackingSecrets.com. Anthony, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So, I start with the first same question for all of my guests, and so I will present this question to you what What time is it where you are, and what have you put into your body today?
1: yeah, it's one twenty four p m here. I've put in a good amount i I take empty stomach. Vitamins and supplements in the morning a wide variety of those a lot of them are focused on Detoxification and mitochondrial health and energy production so I've done empty stomach vitamins I've uh, hydrated with a good amount of water Um, Got a workout in and yeah, mostly just supplements at this point, honestly. But it's also because I just flew back from Chicago yesterday and I haven't stocked up on groceries or any food. <laughs> so
0: let, let's let walk through all of those empty stomach first. Why an empty stomach? And second, what all in what volumes makes brands, compound stacks? What all have you what all have you put in your bod?
1: Yeah, so I do for simplicity and long-term compliance. I break down my supplements into just the ones that I take on an empty stomach and the ones that I take with food so that I'm only dealing with that twice a day. And there is a good amount of variation. A lot of it depends on the specific goals that I have at, uh, at at that point in time. So right now, some of the ones that I'm taking, I'm taking some, some supplements that help uh, bolster the body's response to certain uh, low-level chronic viral infections like Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus, Babesia, some, some, some of these things that can impact our energy, but a lot of people are, don't even know exist, let alone that they may have. Um, I take a liposomal glutathione supplement. The one that I'm taking right now is from Quicksilver Scientific. I'm also doing some stuff for heavy metal detoxification, another common challenge that slips under the radar. Um, so part of the reason that I do a lot of this, that I have such a heavy focus on detoxification and mitochondrial efficiency and energy production is because so much of our time today is spent in, in, in a state of sympathetic dominance, you know, where we're constantly in fight or flight. And when we're in fight or flight, our body doesn't detox the way that it's supposed to. So we sort of have this, uh, misaligned obsession with toxins, but in many cases, Our exposure to toxins is similar to what it was a few years ago, but the amount of stress that our body is under, the amount of things that are putting us into sympathetic dominance compromising our ability to detox those same toxins is the issue. Um, So I I counter that with a lot of these supplements that I've mentioned. I take a supplement from research nutritionals called ATP Fuel. Um, Periodically, I've been using something called Carnivora that Helps the body with autophagy and um, you know clearing out clearing out both mitochondria and cells that are no longer functioning the way that they're supposed to. It's got a strong track record for cancer and a number of other infections. And uh, I mean, there's if you saw the amount of supplements that I take, you'd probably be impressed or scared, depending <laughs> on your position. But uh, it, it's a lot. Most of them fit into those those categories. It's some of the brands I like Quicksilver Scientific. I like uh, I like the Research Nutritional's brand. I take some stuff from Jaro and uh, Doctor's Best. I take D-ribose just about every day for for energy. That either goes in a shake or I'll just take it in the morning on an empty stomach. And uh, those are a few of them.
0: Yeah. Do you you know for those of you that aren't um, able to see Anthony? Um, He's he when we first started talking, you had this nice sweat ring on your chest from
1: the, oh, the sweat. Yeah. In
0: the, <laughs> uh, um, why, why is it that you said that it's for simplicity's sake that you take the empty stomach um, supplements and then you take um, um, a non fasted? Um, stack later in the day. Why? What is the thought process around taking it on an empty stomach? Is it just better absorption? Is it just convenience? Like, walk us through that a little bit.
1: De- depending on the the herb or the nutrient, certain things are, are absorbed better when we're in a fasted state and we don't have fat and, and other foods in our stomach. And the opposite is true for other compounds. So I categorize them based on. Uh, Optimized absorption and put them in one of the two categories. So the, the the herbs and the vitamins and the nutrients that are best absorbed on an empty stomach, I just take those in the morning on an empty stomach. I usually, when I'm on my game or not traveling as much, I, I'll, I'll have uh, an assistant come over a couple times a week and she'll put everything into plastic cups with a lid. So they're just ready to go. And I don't even have to open the bottles and, and, you know, deal with it in the morning. I just have the empty stomach cup, pop the lid, take it down and go. Um, and then same thing for the food nutrients. So I've got lists of which ones I'm taking at that point in time. She does her thing and sets it up. And then I'm spending more time doing things that I enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what is your definition of biohacking?
1: It's changed a bit and my feeling towards the word biohacking I've I've felt less of a connection to the word biohacking as more and more people have gotten into it. I I think that there's there are some people that look at biohacking as the easy way and I don't think that I I think that there are more efficient ways of doing things. There's you know if you if you want to lose 20 pounds and, and put on five or 10 pounds of muscle. There, there's an endless combination of of strategies and game plans that can get you there, but there's one for you that's going to get you there much faster and with a lot less meandering. Um, but what a lot of people are doing is they're they're just discussing the scientific basis for the recommendations and and some of these biohacks, if you will, but they're still completely missing the personalization component that until we acknowledge that that is the highest level, we're going to always miss the mark with efficiency. I don't know if any of that made sense, (laughs) but like basically we all have things that are interfering with our ability to achieve our goals as quickly and easily as possible. The first step is figuring out what those are. So if, if, if someone is operating in a program that didn't begin with deep discovery, blood work, health assessments, looking at what's going on with their hormones, the amount of toxins they've been exposed to, the sources of stress in their life, the low-level chronic infections, the deficiencies that result from all the aforementioned things, they're still taking a shotgun approach and throwing a whole bunch of spaghetti against the wall and and seeing what sticks. Um, And that's where a lot of people are operating from. I look at biohacking as how do we How do we spend as much time as possible feeling the way that we want to feel, looking the way that we want to look, and thinking the way that we want to think? Because no one wants to fucking biohack all day. Nobody does. And a lot of people are doing that. They don't feel good. They don't look the way that they want to look. And they've got brain fog in the afternoon. So they're trying all this wacky shit to counteract it. And it's taking up their entire day to the degree that they're not even living the life that they love. That's not biohacking to me. That's insanity. So I like taking a strategic approach, getting all the cards on the table, knowing what's going on in your body and then building out a game plan to get get to where you you look, feel and, and think the way that you want. Let's call it optimally in this case so that you can really enjoy your life. You know, for me, sometimes biohacking is like, OK, I really want to eat some ice cream from Charlie's Smokehouse in Door County where we like vacation. We've got a lake house up there that we go every year. Right. I really want to eat some of their Door County cherry ice cream and uh, maybe some of their butter pecan too. And I want to eat a lot of it. What can I do to minimize that putting me into a food coma or looking like Jabba the Hut tomorrow? Sometimes that's <laughs> biohacking for me, right? Yeah. So- Everyone's a little bit different. I, I think a lot of people take this stuff way too serious and obsess over details that don't matter. Um, and you know, people may hear this and and disagree with my approach, and that's totally cool. They have the right to their own opinion. I'm the type of guy I think a lot of I think a lot of where biohacking has gone and a lot of where like this whole hustle culture has gone. It doesn't align with me. and I, I think it leaves many people uh, just feeling like, they're, they're not good enough, and if they're not doing things they don't enjoy all day long, they're going to be left behind. And that's no way to live, in my opinion.
0: I totally agree, I and I see it the same way that you do. And in, in the universe that we live in, where we are watching for red lights and nasal sprays and topical rubs and movement patterns and supplement stacks, it's easy to get caught up in – the new shiny biohacking thing. As you take a handful, for those of you not watching, as you take a handful of what were those? The algae, algae nibs. What do you got?
1: Yeah, so that's uh, that's BioPure's Chlorella pyrenoidosa. Um, so it, it, it's BioPure is a company that was started in part by Dr. Diedrich Klingart. And the, there's a lot of different types of chlorella. I love this one. It's my favorite on the market. It's a little bit more expensive. You're looking at like a hundred bucks a bag for, for a thousand tablets, but helps with detoxification and it helps your body actually capture more, uh, photonic energy from sunlight. Mm. So it, it again, allows me to get more out of the time that I spend in the sun. Right. So for example, I moved from Chicago to Florida so that, I could get the benefit of 90 minutes of sunlight in Chicago and 30 minutes in Florida. Then you throw in lots of, you know, lots of these green superfoods like the, the biopure chlorella pyrenoidosa, and I'm capturing even more of that photonic energy from the time I'm in the sun. I'm also in the sun working out, you know, so ramping up circulation and and, and mitochondrial activity. So those are, I mean, only because you asked, didn't mean yeah. to take us on
0: no, that's that's good. No, I I going back to that that the concept of using a buckshot, you know, using a fire hose to try to biohack and try this thing and try that thing because it's popular or new, whereas your approach based on what I know about you and your podcasts and the, and the shows that you've done, is very individualized. It's very focused. Just like you said, you have to start with the blood work. You have to know where your baselines are before you can hack anything. And, and I found the same way that you have seen is this like almost like it's not totally accurate, but it's almost like a biohacking dysmorphia where people just become obsessed with yes. – the optimal this or the optimal that and what they really need to do is just like unplug their router and sleep, uh, go to bed at the same time each night and wake up. Simple, simple stuff. Um, based on your experience with uh, with coaching and consulting people and helping them, walking them through like, hey man, like you've got low T or you've got a gut inflammation. Um yeah. Based on your population that you work with most closely, what do you think is the most common simple fuck up that people are experiencing um, day to day?
1: Hmm. All right, that's good. I'll I'll share with you a little bit of where our model is, and 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 that will help. It will get provide a lens through which a lot of this will make more sense. I think that. M- A lot of the interference that comes between us and the energy, the body, the quality of life that we want is due to suboptimal immune function, call it immune dysregulation, um, and or suboptimal mitochondrial efficiency or or ATP production. And there are four main things that I believe are the true root causes, and this is going to go... Fly in the face of a lot of what people have learned in, in functional medicine and integrative medicine, which I think is far better than uh, you know some of the other medicines that have existed beforehand. But I still think functional medicine is missing the ball a lot and attributing the the root cause label to things that are not that they're like secondary or tertiary effects. I believe that the four root causes driving almost all immune dysregulation and mitochondrial uh, inefficiency are stress you know if you want to get nerdy you can call that sympathetic dominance um toxins chronic infections low-level chronic infections most of the time people have no idea they've even got them and that does include you know um dysbiosis in the gut candida small intestinal bacterial overgrowth etc etc And the deficiencies that could come from lifestyle, but oftentimes are more, more due to the stress, the toxins, and the low level chronic infections. And that is what's like almost anything can fit into one of those categories or is secondary or tertiary. That includes the adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, hormone dysregulation, uh, EMFs. It it can all either fit into one of those categories or be, be seen as secondary and tertiary. Um, so those are the four areas that I really want to get clear and, and with, with every client and figure out what they've got in those categories that's impacting them and then provide them with the sequencing and best practices to bring them back to optimal in those areas.
0: Excellent. That covers a lot. Stress, toxins, chronic infraction, and environmental.
1: I think it's the best for solving the human energy epidemic.
0: You're right. You're totally right. Uh, you know, I'm struck by the reality that we our modern lifestyles are just so challenging. People working at desks, sitting all day, not getting enough sunlight, not getting enough sleep. Uh, some gut imbalance from antibiotics that they had fucking four years ago. Um, that, those four root causes that that's really striking that that really does I think cover so much of it um, which of those four areas uh, are you most excited about or most interested in you know which of those is which is the sexiest of those of those four root causes
1: mm-hmm. Um. yeah so. I hate the answer it depends. I hate it. <laughs> it's true though. But it well, it's applicable in so many cases. I, I I believe that um we see the biggest improvements in people when when we first get their energy production up. So even if even if the reason that they're, um, that they're not feeling amazing or it's difficult, it's more difficult than it needs to be for them to lose weight or they're, they're crashing in the afternoon and getting impatient, even if that's because of long-term toxin exposure, or, you know, as you, as you mentioned, their environment, they're, they're way too close to Wi-Fi routers all day long. And then when they're not, they're on their phone scrolling the gram. Um, Even if that's what's opened the door for infections and 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 deficiencies, the fastest way to get people feeling better is first to get their energy production up. So providing them with some of the the nutrients that they're likely deficient in, um, you know, a big one being NAD, and That could either be, you know, we did, we did an episode of the biohacking secret show with Dr. Joseph Mercola, where he talked about NAD suppositories and like, that's been a huge one helping a ton of people where we'll take the Thorne Niacel 250 milligram capsules. You make some NAD suppositories with those. I popped in two before we jumped on here. Right. And, and, And it works almost as well as the NAD IVs, but it's far more cost effective and you don't either you don't need to go somewhere and spend one to four hours in a chair or stick yourself with a needle. Right. That alone can take someone who may have who may who may be in, in a constant state of chronic sympathetic dominance, who may be dealing with a lot of deficiencies, who may have low level infections and heavy metal toxicity and way too many EMFs. You get them on a five day protocol of NAD uh, IVs or the suppositories, get them some good B vitamins, maybe some iron depending on where they're at, some magnesium, they're going to start feeling better right away. And then, you know, they get motivated, they get hopeful, they're, they are they realize that there's a way out and then you can go after some of the other stuff. All right, you're feeling good, right? Here's some stuff that's really going to help you. It looks like you, you have, you know, a, 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 an Epstein-Barr infection and cytomegalovirus. So we're going to need to do some things to, to not only address those viral infections, but then to also boost your immune response to them so that you're, you're not susceptible going forward. Let's, let's get you on a gut protocol to first clean out the candida overgrowth and the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and a lot of these pathogenic bacteria that are just causing uh, inflammation when you eat just about any foods. You know, those are also the reason why now you can eat like nothing and you feel like you're allergic to everything. Let's get those out. Let's, let's take some steps to heal your, uh, your restore intestinal integrity. And, um, you know, you just start putting things back together step by step.
0: I love that. I love that. If someone has felt low energy for whatever reason, for two years, five years, 10 years, they just can't get the motivation. They can't get their juju up
1: mm-hmm.
0: those, uh, whether it's, you know, shoving something up your butt or, uh, taking supplements to, to make those fine tune adjustments, like that's everything, right? Cause now they're like, Oh man, I feel good. I feel vital. I feel like I have the energy. Now I have the motivation to take a look at my inventor my environmental stress stressors. And yeah, I think that's wonderful. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, what are you hacking is there any, uh, besides a thousand things, what are you hacking right now?
1: I've been doing a, a heavy metal detox for the past few months. I started it in, in January and I, I feel like with heavy metals, slow and steady wins the race. If you try to do things too fast, it doesn't really get you there much quicker, but it can have you feeling a little bit groggy and, um, suboptimal during the day. So I've been doing a long-term heavy metal detox using DMSA and ETDA suppositories and intermixing some of the, uh, some Quicksilver Scientific's push catch in there, which has got some stuff to, to flush the liver and binders to mop things up. And then of course, coffee enemas, which I've loved <laughs> for a long time. I think that they have so many applications, um, for me, I feel best. And, and I think the human body runs better when we are consistent with, uh, our cardio and there, I mean, we're working with, we're working with a number of professional athletes who are like at the top of their game. And these are the advice that they're getting from their strength coaches is to stop doing cardio. And I, I think it's, I think it's idiotic. Honestly, um, we, we have a situation where so many things in the human body require circulatory health and proper thermal regulation. And we have so many things that are simultaneously driving down our, our core temperature and interfering with, uh, with our circulatory health and all of the, you know, all of the biological processes that result and, and they don't get addressed when we just do strength training, it's, it's a, it's a little bit better if you do strength training and sauna, but for me being consistent with cardio, not at the expense of strength training or sauna or, or any of that other stuff, but just being consistent with cardio. I still don't like cardio. I'm not gonna pretend that I do. I I just, for me, my whole life is better when I'm consistent with it. So, um, I ended up, you know, I got a treadmill for our gym here so that I don't even, I don't even have to go anywhere to do it. I just, throw on a heart rate monitor, jump on the treadmill and go to, to, because it's that, it's that important. And like, you know, my cardio went up like 300% just by having it in the house and making it easy. Um, I did, uh, I've done a good amount of plant medicine over the past two years. Uh, I went to a place called Rhythmia in Costa Rica. It's a life advancement center and I did four ayahuasca ceremonies and ayahuasca is like, uh, it's a, a plant from the jungle that is an MAOB inhibitor. It has very powerful antiparasitic and antibacterial properties. Um, also has is linked to dimethyltryptamine production in the body. Some would say in the pineal gland. We're not really sure where it comes from, but that changed my life. You know, um, I was on antidepressants for from the age of 19 on, I talked about it on some other podcasts, uh, the on it podcast with Kyle Kingsbury and a number of others. I tried to get off those fuckers so many times and life would just get hard. And there was a part of me that had just sort of accepted that I might be on them for my entire life. So some of the reason I moved to Florida and wanted to be around, more ocean and sunlight and, and some of these things that make it easy to feel good. Part of the reason that I went to the jungle and drank ayahuasca four times and, you know, went into a situation where you could either feel like you're having the most blissful experience of your life and talking to God, or you're having the most challenging experience of your life and uh, wonder if you're up, you'll ever come out of it. The motivation behind a lot of that was because I wanted to get off of these drugs and, um, you know, as of right now, I'm off. of them. I've been off of them for a while. And I feel like my brain is working better than it ever has. I mean, there's times in the past where I've been like super hopped up on no tropics and, you know, brain stacks. And yeah, you have like great days. But I mean, I'm fucking happy now, which is something that had been very elusive my entire life. And where even if even if you, you looked at my life, objectively from the vantage point of an intelligent life form, a lot of boxes would be checked, but I spent a lot of time unhappy or feeling like in order to, um, in order to, to maintain, uh, it was just a ton of work, you know, like I was, like I was going through life with a a giant duffel bag filled with boulders on my back. Um, so those are some of the things that I've been working on. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's the goal, right? The goal is to be happy, and it's a loaded term that means something different for everybody. But even if you're hashtag crushing it at work and have a six pack, kind of doesn't matter if you're miserable or depressed or unhappy or you know toxic in your relationships.
1: You um, have no freedom yeah you know your whole, your whole it's decided for you and and you have people that you don't want to spend time with that occupy all of your time,
0: yeah, I think that's gonna ring true for a lot of people. I think a lot of people listening to this probably commiserate with that sense of I'm just walking around all day with all of this baggage, and I don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to the to the, the to the first root cause of of people's issues, which is stress, can you walk us through some of the things, you know, beyond ayahuasca, chacruna, plant medicine, Amazonian psychedelic shamanism? Um, can you can you walk us through some of the other things that you do for stress or that you work with clients with?
1: Mm-hmm. So we've touched on on EMFs. That's a big one. Reducing your exposure to electromagnetic fields and, and unnatural electromagnetic frequencies will, for many people, initiate an immediate decrease in stress. Now, there's a genetic component to this that, that is a factor. There's certain people with um, where their genetic blueprint makes them even more susceptible, to the free radical damage that occurs um, via the voltage-gated calcium channels. But everyone's health will benefit if they start at a minimum unplugging their Wi-Fi at night while they sleep, um, putting their phone in airplane mode while they're not using it, especially when um, you know, like when you're in situations, let's say where you're driving and your phone is constantly needing to look with, okay, there's the cell tower. All right, now we drove away from that one. Now I gotta find the next cell tower, right? These are instances where, uh, where power output and the subsequent biological damage is higher. So putting your phone in airplane mode more of the time, decreasing the amount of time that you're on the phone, actually looking at the screen time feature if you have an iPhone and looking to bring that down to less than three hours a day, preferably less than two hours a day, and unplugging your Wi-Fi at night, as I mentioned, those are those are two big ones. I have no Wi-Fi in my home; it's all Ethernet. Um, that was one of the steps that that I made a decision to um, to implement in, in just decreasing biological stress overall. That said, if you've got someone where maybe that was one of the, the things that was putting them into sympathetic dominance and subsequently causing deficiencies in magnesium and B vitamins and opening up the doorway for, or, you know, then causing immune dysregulation and then opening up the doorway for infections because their immune system isn't working so well, you're going to have some other stuff to unwind. It's not like you just unplug your Wi-Fi and everything's going to go back to, you know, to rainbows and butterflies. Um, so EMFs is, is a big one and just more intelligently using the devices that we rely on that are a huge convenience, right? You and I are talking from across the world, but this could be happening in two very different scenarios. One, I have no Wi-Fi exposure. Wi-Fi is off on my computer. Bluetooth is off on my computer. The other, I could have all those things on and be in a super radiation. Right. We've got people that are living in high rises, not even thinking about the fact that it's essentially a beehive with 100 plus Wi-Fi routers all around them. And even if they do these things in their unit, they are their cells are picking up on everything that's around them. So if, if someone's looking for a gauge of, of how much they're being exposed to things that are draining their biological battery in the background, take your computer, because like a desktop computer has the strongest sensitivity to this. Um, followed by a laptop computer, followed by a cell phone. So it's best done on a desktop computer, but you can use the other things I mentioned. They'll just be a little less accurate. Turn the Wi-Fi on and see how many networks you can connect to. If it's like more than a few, your cells are getting all of that and then some. They're more sensitive than your computer's ability to connect to a network and pick up on a network. (sighs) So those are some of the things that that I would be looking at. And if someone doubts that this is playing a role, take a week and go somewhere like Costa Rica, where you're gonna be in nature, on the beach, you know, maybe camping, spend low or no time on your phone, and start watching the, the, the patterns that emerge. You'll start noticing after a few days, you're falling asleep at like nine, ten o'clock, the way that we're supposed to. You'll start noticing like, Oh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm hungover, even though I didn't booze last night. When I wake up in the morning, right? And um, you know, don't don't take my word for it. The 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 science is all there. The studies are all there. There's a lot of people, corporations and organizations and big telecom that don't want you to know this stuff because they want to have five G satellites everywhere before people even realize. Yeah. When it, you know, and at that point, it's going to be pretty difficult to unwind. So EMFs are a big one. Our lifestyle is a big one that, you know, that hustle culture, um, this, this FOMO, like if I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off working from 5am until 10pm that I'm going to fall behind or, or, or whatever. I think that, um, I think that gets us in this loop where all we do is list the books on audible and listen to podcasts and try to figure out what we're missing. And we put other people on a pedestal. And that is a background form of stress that's just running consciously and subconsciously, and and affecting ourselves. And then, in order to keep up with those things, in order to keep up with, uh, you know, when we when we feel tired because of let's say EMFs or toxins, that's that's a big one. Um, or we feel like we're not enough; we need to do more. We then go to the stimulants, the the caffeine, the Adderall. And I'm not saying I don't do caffeine; I love the stuff. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you're not. Come on, I mean, go yeah. get a,
1: a, a quality. Good. Huh? No, good. Yeah, I'm, I, mean, I, I love I love iced American. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm buying an espresso machine. I had like an hour conversation with a guy at this uh, at this this really really cool coffee shop um, called Discourse that's in Sister Bay, Wisconsin. It was like, it was, it was one of those like manifestation moments on the way there. I was talking to my brother and I'm like, man, I'm like, for how many times I go and get an iced Americano during the week, I should buy a fucking espresso machine, get some real good beans and make it at home. I'm like, I bet I'd break even on that thing in like a couple of months. We walk into this place. This guy knows more about coffee. He's like, he's like using a, what do you call that? Where you cook stuff in a bag, like a sous vide or something. You ever seen that? It's like a bag. You put all the ingredients in there, and you cook it in hot water. He's like sous vide coffee with other herbal extracts and stuff. And he's got he's making these concoctions from uh, the, he was he was calling it um, uh, mix. It was like anthropological mixology or something. So he was taking drinks that that were hundreds, in some cases thousands of years old, from cultures all over the world, and recreating them in his coffee shop. So like my brother had one that was like coffee and apple cider vinegar and and it was like the greatest thing I'd ever tasted. Anyway, this guy knew more about fucking espresso machines than anyone I ever talked to in my life. And it was like five minutes after I told my brother I should get an espresso machine. So him and I talked about it for like an hour. He told me exactly which one to get, where he gets his high altitude beans and all that. I'm going to be putting one of those here. So I don't want people thinking like I don't drink coffee and I just, you know, run all day because that's that's more of the putting people on a pedestal shit that makes us feel less than, and like, if you're listening to this, you're fucking good enough, you know? Yeah. Maybe you can work out a little bit more. Maybe, you know, maybe you can dial in your nutrition and all of that, but that's not like who you are, you know? Um, so anyway, just wanted to, wanted to share that, that, so the, the stimulants though, it's very easy to overdo it. It's very easy for someone to end up on 10, 20, 40 plus milligrams of Adderall a day, just to try to keep up. And, and feeling like, oh, I don't have time to sleep. Or even when I do sleep, even if I sleep eight, nine hours, I still wake up feeling like ass. Ah, so why even do it? You know, there's, there's so many factors involved, but hopefully that long meandering response addressed your question. Yeah,
0: it did. It did. Uh, let's talk about breath work. Cause I know it's something that you're, that you talk about and think about. Um, what are a few of your most frequently used breathing techniques.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's two type of breath work. Two types of breath work that I do most often. One is during cardiovascular exercise um, or like in the sauna. Sometimes I'll use something called a Frolov breathing device. Um, but this is where the mouth is closed and you're breathing in and out through your nose. I like performing my cardio right at the threshold of where I need to open my mouth for more air, but not quite. And so this is is upregulating the body's ability to maintain high levels of blood oxygen saturation, increasing your mitochondrial efficiency by putting you under uh, a a low level of stress for an extended period of time and uh, decreasing the amount of oxygen that your body is getting. Right, without passing out on the treadmill or anything like that. It's not done in a way that's unsafe. Um, so essentially nasal breathing. The Frolov device functions in a similar fashion. It's got like it's it's imagine like a cylinder um, where you put a little water in the bottom and then a tube coming out of the top, and you breathe in and out through the tube, but it slows your respiratory rate. And uh, you can get down to, like, one breath every minute or, or sometimes even, like, one breath every 75 to 90 seconds. And then you do that in the sauna and and get some of the compound benefits. So that's one example of the type of, of breath work I do. I do that just about every day. And then the other one, you know, a lot of people have heard of, of uh, Wim Hof or tumo breathing or holotropic breathing or transformational breath work or any of these other people who are, are – you know, have brought this stuff to, to the mainstream. Um, I'll do that. I used to do it a lot more and I enjoy the feeling that I get from it, but I felt like I was, I had reached a point of diminishing returns. If I'm going to do that type of breath work now, I like going all in on it for about 40 to 60 minutes. And, um, and when I do that, I feel almost euphoric, for hours afterwards. And and uh, when, when you do it for longer periods of time, that's when you start getting into some of these more spiritual experiences that are probably linked to DMT release or production. Um, so I, I'm often the one teaching it. And unfortunately, when I'm teaching it, I got a yak and you know, be somewhat coherent in what I'm saying and, and tuned into the experience that other people are having. So I can't go as deep myself. Um, so like my favorite thing to do is there's, there's a guy in Del Rey that I'm friends with and I was introduced to him by the Stanford professor of neurobiology, Andrew Huberman. And, um, his name's Ryan Suave. He does a bunch of stuff with, with Neil Strauss and the society guys and helps a lot of men with tra- overcoming past trauma. Um, So what we'll do is, you know, we'll hang out, he'll come over, I'll help him with some biohacking stuff on on the health and energy and fitness side. And then he'll guide me through breath work for like 40, 45 minutes. And that allows me to go real deep. And, and that's where when, when I can just focus on having him guide me through it, I get the deepest experiences myself. Um, the same type of stuff that when I guide other people through it, they have, but I, you know, can't necessarily enjoy it at that point in time. And that's the type, the two types of breath work that I do most often. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like if I'm stressed, if I'm stressed, I'll do, you know, a few rounds of like Wim Hof, Tumo style breathing with, with holds. Um, but that's, that's become more of a compensatory thing. You know, if I'm all wound up and I need to do breath work to calm the fuck down, I'm like, sort of missed acknowledging what was making me stressed in the first place. You know, did I schedule too many calls in too tight of a time period have uh, is, you know, and whatever you get it, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, spoken by spoken like a true biohacker, like, let's look at the root cause, you know, like I'm stressed. Let's take a look at why I'm stressed rather than band-aiding it with a box breath or a tumo breath or holds Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at my day and my schedule. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like what you're saying is like, oh, I'm stressed. I'm going to I'm, gonna strategically and somewhat intelligently hyperventilate. Yeah. You know, it's not a long-term solution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally true. And as much as I love breath work, uh, yeah, <clears throat> you should be looking at why you need it and whether or not you're breathing effectively – throughout the day you know we i had uh pj Nessler on from uh xpt life um you know where he was talking about you know you really should be only taking five breaths a minute and cuz most of most of us are basically hyperventilating all day taking shallow short quick breaths and what's that doing it's raising our cortisol it's increasing our stress hormones it's making us you know into a sympathetic creating a sympathetic environment for us and then we have to be like, Oh God, I got to do something to fix it. But looking at, looking at, uh, where you started. Yeah. Totally important. Mm-hmm. Um, le- I know that you've spent a lot of time and wrote a book about the afternoon energy crash. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, how you think of that and what some techniques are for us, uh, outside of a triple or quadruple americano how can we sort out that and work through that afternoon energy crash
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit different for everyone you know it comes it comes back to some of those root causes that we discussed the 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 toxins the sympathetic dominance the uh the chronic low-level infections and then the deficiencies that maybe a lifestyle based, but are often a, a result of the previous three things, and and figuring out what it is for that person, and um, and, and then starting to address them, and, and liberating more energy for that individual, so that they don't crash in the afternoon. You know, we we created the afternoon energy crash as like a free opt-in for um, for helping people to quickly get a, an idea of what it could be for them um, and providing them some value in advance so that, you know, okay, they get some value. They see that the stuff that we're teaching and sharing works, and then hopefully they want to you know, pick up our free book where we have them, you know, the biohackers guide to energy and focus where they can help out with the cost of shipping and we'll send that to them. And then that's, you know, been referred to by some as the biohacking Bible and something that allows people to go a little bit deeper and, um, and continue to make some of these improvements. So the root cause of the afternoon energy crash can be a little bit different. It it could be that you hate your fucking job and like you're sitting there all day going, God, why am I doing this? I hate my fucking job. Like that's going to drain your energy. Right. But it could also be that, um, that your body isn't detoxing the way that it's supposed to. Your liver is a little bit backed up from a chronic Epstein-Barr infection that you don't even know that you have. And it's bottlenecking your capacity to get rid of the, the toxins that we're all exposed to. And you start feeling a little bit tired and sluggish. So if that's the case, it may be something as simple as uh, getting on the right type of, of ozone protocol to boost your immune function and clear out some of these infections, maybe throw in some coffee enemas to assist your liver. Or if you know, you're know you not into butt stuff, you can do something as simple as like N-acetyl cyst- and milk thistle and some of these compounds that have been proven to help with liver function, you know? Um, but I I think that where, where a lot of people, uh, where a lot of people can, if you're, if you're chronically tired and you're crashing in the afternoon, many, many times there, there are infections involved and there's a lot of things upstream that got you there. It's not like you shared a, you know, you shared a, a, a San Pellegrino bottle with someone that had herpes simplex virus and now you've got it. It's like, no, you're, you, you've been living like a zoo animal for a decade in a job you hate where you've got a Wi-Fi router between your legs and your immune system can no longer do its job. And, and then you, you know, an infection that you've had for a long period of time was given the opportunity to surface or like then you had this stressful experience in your life. Maybe, maybe you went through a divorce or you got fired and, uh, and, and, and this, you know, this, this Lyme infection that you've had for years and years and years now your immune system can no longer keep it in check and it, it, it has a chance to proliferate and become an issue. So, you know, you can start doing some herbal antimicrobials or herbal antivirals or uh, running antiparasitic protocols but you're also going to need to say why is my immune system not working properly why is my energy production compromised and how do i reconnect with the the you know, the greatest source of energy on the planet the sun and and nature and fresh air and uh and, and remove some of these thorns that are draining me that i've previously been unaware of
0: yeah Let's talk a lot. Well said. Well said. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a a little bit about the sun. I mean, the fact that you've totally changed your life in order to be closer to the sun, to be able to get more sunshine. Um, I, in the Pacific Northwest here in Seattle, you know, uh, my sob story is pretty, pretty common. Everybody, everybody knows that Seattle, I mean, it's, if I could turn the camera and show you what it's like outside it's freaking July. It's mid July and it's rainy and gray and 68 here in Seattle and sun exposure is a real big deal. We need, we need the sun. We need it really bad. Um, how do you, how do you think of the sun? Do you fall? Are there people that you follow? You know, I've been, I've been following Jack Cruz, um, uh, for a long time, um, uh, Alexander Wunsch. Um, I like the work that Matt Maruka does and how he thinks about it as a light diet, you know, like, are you getting up? Uh, are you doing blue zone? Are you up at, uh, sun up and, and down at sundown sunrise, sunset? Are you seeing every, every sunrise and sunset? Do you make sure to get exposure? Like, how do you tell us how you think of the importance of sun exposure for, um, optimal living?
1: Mm hmm. So I want to start and give a little shout out to Jack Cruz because he's a big part of the reason that I'm in Florida. I did a podcast with him on the biohacking secrets show in like early 2016. It's probably probably three and a half years ago now. And I asked a question similar to the question that you just asked me. And I was like, you know, what do I do Chicago? It's dark for six, eight months out of the year. And yeah, I've got I've got a sauna in my place. And his response was fucking move yeah. or go on a lot of vacations. And, and it was like, at the time it kind of pissed me off. And I was like, I'm looking for biohacks, man. I'm not looking for hard shit like that. And, and, and that his response kind of, I, I let, I sat with it a little bit. I let it marinate in the background. And a little bit later that year I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm moving. I decided I was going to move. And then in 2017, I started looking at places and I looked at California. And I looked at Texas and I looked at Colorado and I looked at Florida and taking into account a bunch of weird things, a bunch of unusual selection criteria that were important to me, I ended up choosing Florida. Um, So I've gone through periods on that journey where I was sun gazing in the morning. I even started doing this inverted sun gazing, like if you looked at the at Biohacking Secrets Instagram and scrolled way back, like you'd see pictures of me upside down. And I still think it's one of the one of the best ways to sun gaze if you're doing it intelligently and safely, and you're not looking directly at the sun or doing any long term damage to yourself. But disclaimer, you know this 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 information is for information purposes only, and like you know, don't run out and do this stuff without doing your own research and having a conversation with uh, with a medical professional. Um, so I've done a lot of the watching sunsets and and uh, watching the sunrise, and similar to breath work, I hit a point where it was there were there were diminishing returns, um, and I also, with where I'm at in life right now, you know, I'm I'm 37 years old, I'm single, I don't always want to go to bed at 9:30 p.m. or 10:30 p.m. You know, sometimes I I find that, like, I really enjoy the hours between 10 p.m. and, say, 1130. Right. Like last night I was I was going to bed around 1130, 12. um, And I stopped putting pressure on myself to get up and see the sunrise. Like, it's nice when I do it. But when I evaluated where it was coming from, it was coming from a similar place to that hustle culture and that fear of missing out. And like that, oh, everybody who's crushing it's doing this stuff. And I sort of said, fuck that. I don't want to do that. Like I enjoy going to bed, you know, between 1030 and 1230 and giving myself a good amount of sleep so that I wake up feeling refreshed. You know, today I got up at 730 and like I enjoyed my morning. I did some stuff. I went and did a workout, uh, you know, I dragged the weights out into the driveway. There's like a video of me doing uh, doing a, a bent over barbell row with some angle 90 uh, angle ninety grips. And like I'll work out in the sun and I'll get sun every day and I'll spend time in nature. But I'm not going to put a whole bunch of pressure on myself to do shit that I think other people are doing um, because, you know, I feel like I should.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that.
1: I think. Uh, and I've also just stopped following a lot of people. <laughs> I think what, that's like, part of the. Reason. Like
0: actually it's, stop, stop following them on social platforms.
1: Not, not like unfollow, you know, nothing like that. I, I'm, I'm looking more within and I, I still believe that it's important to look at the science with stuff and make sure that, that you're, you're giving um, importance and validity to accurate data points and that is a part of your selection criteria. I also think there's a lot of bullshit research out there. I just saw one the other day that was like clearly propaganda trying to shit on kratom when we've got a, a huge epidemic with uh, with, an, with an opioid epidemic and it, it, like so much of this stuff now that pe- now that they realize people are looking at science they're flooding the scientific literature with bullshit. And, um, and there's an agenda. So I just started seeing so much of that, that I'm like, okay, if I'm working, I don't, I don't know how many other people, you know, how many clients other people are working with, but I know we're working with a lot where I see a lot of data points of what actually fucking works and delivers the result that people want. And when I spend more time looking within and paying attention to what's working for our clients, who were invested in, and I share that. I'm, 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 proud of it, and and I believe that that is, uh, is is better than just burying my head in studies and, uh, becoming, you know, the, uh, an expert parrot. I think we have we have plenty of expert parrots in the industry. We don't need any more. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I'm, I'm not talking bad about anybody else. No. Like I'm not like oh I unfollowed him or I unfollowed him. I'm just like, I don't need more people regurgitating other people's shit. It takes up the whole fucking day.
0: Spoken like the typical person who experiences plant medicine, you said something very important, which is I look within. <laughs> I ask myself important questions. I ask myself what works for me? What 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 do I want to do? If I want to stay up late, I'm gonna stay up late. If um if this doesn't jive with with me emotionally, spiritually, ethically. I'm not going to do it. That, that I think is such a key point because our listeners, they want to know the stuff. They want to know the techniques and the approaches. And you are clearly informed and working at a massively high level to help people with techniques and strategies and, and ingestibles and, and habits and hacks. But also before all of that, Know thyself. Know what's important to you. What do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your lifestyle? Are you happy in your relationship, in your job? If not, fucking stop. Get out of it. No one is going to do that for you. You know, I, I'm a life coach and performance coach. And and for the people that I work with who are hashtag crushing it, you know, C-level at Microsoft and Amazon, more money than they know what to do with, They're, they're checking a lot of boxes, but they're not happy. They don't have purpose. They, their relationships are crumbling and you can do all the biohacks and all the performance techniques that you want. But if you have unrest in your soul, if you're unhappy and unfulfilled and your relationships suck and you're an asshole to be around, then fuck it. It's, it's not, it's not worth it. That's a, that's a much harder thing to work with people on. And yet it is the most important thing that we can do in our lives is to understand ourselves better. Do you agree? I mean, I know you agree, right?
1: I I completely agree. And it, there's, there's like two components of this, you know, just, just recently, one of the guys uh, that we started working with um, just for privacy, I won't mention his name, but he's, he's a pretty fucking awesome hockey player. And you know, we were having a conversation about some things. And in that conversation, it came up and he's like, I just see what, what you and Greenfield do. And it's like, you guys are so fucking productive and did it. And I'm like, I look at this guy and what he's done. And I'm like, dude, I could make a list of like a hundred things you're better at than me. Like probably like a hundred, you know? And like, I've watched you play and I've, I've, I've looked up to the way that you do things. And it was just such an obvious example of how, our culture and social media brainwashes us to feel less than we are. And when, when you really step out from what's going on here, our quality of life, our relationships, the currency that fuels all this shit, it's not money, it's love. And if there are blockages in self love, if we're in marriages where the person, you know, where it's just, it's, it's not there anymore the, the mutual love and that exchange. Even my little, my little puppy, you know, Kumba, he's like, he's 16, 16 months old. And for me, my intention with him is for even just a couple minutes a day to give him love and let him feel love. Because if I I know if I'm doing that, it doesn't matter if his hair is matted up or his nails are a little bit too long, he's going to be happy, right? Everything else works. So I think it's important that we we look at what's going on and where are we cutting ourselves off from self-love, either because we believe that other people are doing it better than us or we believe that we need to achieve some outside shit in order to deserve that love. And if it's a little bit difficult to give ourselves that love, which it is for me, you know, I even told my brother the other day, I'm like, man, this is like the first time in my life where I genuinely feel like I've had moments of of, of giving myself love been a struggle that I've always had. Um, and, and I'm like, but those moments are fucking great. And I know that I'm moving in the right direction. So if, if, if that's a challenge that you also share, start by giving it to other people, start by giving it to your pets, you know, and it's at least going to move you into that energetic state where it's easier to redirect some of that to yourself some of the time and, and, and allow the biohacks to support the expression of and receipt of love.
0: Beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. And that, and that self love looks different for everybody. You know, self love for one person, maybe like a massage, you know, maybe they need to be touched. Maybe they haven't been touched in a while and they need that connection. Maybe that self love is Mm. camping or, um, Maybe it's rewarding yourself with something, a gift to yourself that you've been wanting for a long time. You know, it it takes so many different shapes and forms, but you're right. It's fundamental. And I love that. If you want to cultivate better self-love, self-care, start by giving it away because when you become a giver of that love, when you get into a practice of that exchange, giving love, receiving love, it's, it's a, it's a game changer because it fills you up from the inside. And when you are, this is how I look at it. When you are living a life of service, this is very life coachy, so bear with me. But when you're giving, when you're living a life of of service, when you're providing, um, Value to other people. And that may be your job. It may not be your job. It may just be going, being a good neighbor. It may just mean being a good brother or being a good pet owner. When you get into that habit of giving love and receiving love, that's a language that fills you up and nourishes your soul. And a lot, it's really easy to become disconnected by that. So, what do you do? You pet your dog. You, you, you compliment a coworker, you make eye contact with the person that's making your coffee. You ask an insightful question of someone who doesn't seem, uh, that engaged. I mean, there's so many different ways and you're right. I think it all launches from there. And the fact that the, the biohacking lifestyle hacking all supports that essence of love, you know, I, I believe that love and free will Govern the cosmos. That is our operating system. It's love and free will. That's all there is. And when you can tap into that, um, it may be awkward at first. It may be a little uncomfortable, and make you squirm. But it is. It is the. It is the universal language. I love it.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's a process for me. It's. It's not something that I was born good at, and it was something that I even cut myself off from for, for a long time, never, never celebrated wins, never gave myself a pat on the back, always felt like that would make me complacent. And that the most efficient way to, to grow and get better was to focus on my weak points. And, and and anytime I had a win, okay, what's the next thing I need to work on? Um, but when, when you realize that, just if you just take a step back, you look at some of these cultures where people don't have any money, they're not in great shape. They just have a lot of love and and a community of other people who bounce that love back to them. Um, and then there's there's countless examples of this. You know, it, it, it's you, you have that intention, you set it and then you practice. And for me, it's been like years of of that being an intention and I'm, I'm finally having some pockets where I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel I feel some fucking self-love. You know, it's been a very slow and cumbersome process, but it's also one of the most rewarding I've, I've engaged in.
0: Yeah. And it will shift for you, you know, as you move on to, to new stages in your life, new places you live, new relationships, kids, more pets. It will shift and it will take new shapes and it will express itself. The love for yourself and the love for the people around you will express itself in new ways. And it will nourish you in new ways where you're like, Oh my God, wow. I I didn't know I was missing that. Holy shit. That's, that feels really nice, you know? And, and to the point is like, you know, the, 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 some of the greatest, markers for longevity include like enriching interpersonal relationships. Like that's one of the most important things, you know, it goes back to our sort of evolutionary psychology that we, we lived in tribes and we supported each other. And my problem was kind of everybody's problem. And we had support systems and backstops and people that we could talk to and get help with. And, and as much as the internet has connected us and made it easy to communicate it's not the same as being able to hug your friend. It's not the same as being able to sit around a fire and just talk shit and, and breathe and relax like that. That sort of stuff, which is primal, which is you know ancestral, is is always going to be is always going to be useful. And you're right. It it, it does take work. It's our our modern lifestyles are not are not in sync with those sort of key fundamental processes.
1: I've seen this repeatedly too, and it bears mentioning, we are so good at surviving as, as human beings, and, and our genes are designed to survive. They don't really care that much about how, how much we love our life, they care about keeping us alive. And a pattern that I've, I've witnessed Countless times now is uh, sexual, physical, emotional trauma from our past getting subconsciously buried. And as we grow older, that becoming one of, if not the sources that's making it difficult for self-love and and our ability to go to these places that you and I just discussed. And there are tools that can help. You know, EMDR therapy is one that I've heard great things about. It's amazing. Um, You've done it. I've done it. So just really. So, I mean, I'd love to hear your experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so just really quick. And actually, I had an EMDR um, uh, therapist practitioner on the podcast a month or two ago, um, processing trauma um the, 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 for those of that didn't catch that podcast basically it's it's a therapeutic modality in which you are processing big T trauma like abuse or neglect and little T trauma like things that weren't quite right in your upbringing especially in the between the ages of 0 to 7 uh, in which you are carrying around this, this trauma with you. And a way to reprogram that is to go there, to get into that space, to go to that trauma while a practitioner, while a therapist talks you through sort of the, um, the elements of that trauma, the characteristics of that trauma, and then reprogramming that trauma while they wave their fingers back and forth slowly in front of your face while your head is still and your eyes are tracking the numbers their 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 fingers going across the meridian and what that does is it it really does rewire the impact of that trauma in your life currently so it rewires that abuse episode that you experienced when you were a kid and 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 takes the power out of it and for me when I experienced it was this, level of calm, even in that state, go to that place, Sean, go to that thing that, that is that is messing with you now follow my fingers now how do you feel now what does it seem like and it just reduces the impact and and, it, and I feel it bodily. I feel it on the back of my neck I feel it like in the tightness of my shoulders it just sort of my shoulders drop down and back and the thing was much less impactful um, and it happens it happens in less than a minute. And then suddenly that, that thing doesn't, isn't driving the bus anymore. So yeah, sorry, keep going. So EMDR and what else?
1: No, that's great. I mean, I've, I've heard the same thing from other people that, that have gone through it. And I have a few different somewhat traumatic experiences, but it's like, I mean, I was going into the, the Rhythmia Ayahuasca experience wondering, I, you know, I looked at my brother before we had the first ceremony. I'm like, you don't think dad, like, sexually abused us do you you know because i was wondering i'd seen so many cases where people had just completely blocked it because it was too painful and it interfered too much with with their life in in order to remember it right so there was a part of me that was like shit i hope i hope i don't have anything like that fortunately we, we we don't we didn't But, you know, I I witnessed a murder in Chicago at when I was training a client, and, you know, we saved the guy or at least kept him alive until the paramedics got there. And like, I don't think it affected me that much, but it was like a pretty fucking heavy event. So I'm like, I want to just because of what this has done for people like you, I'm interested in. Experiencing it and, and testing it out and seeing what my conscious mind may not be giving uh, adequate importance to, uh, but but is still is still impacting my subconscious. I, I'm also seeing, you know, I've mentioned the ayahuasca a few times. That's a decision that other people could make. I, I I will be going back and doing that as a reset every year, and I've I've uh, seen great results with uh, with MDMA assisted therapy. You know, taking a tiny amount of MDMA and working with an experienced practitioner in in, in doing it. So if you don't want to do drugs, check out EMDR if you're open to. uh, I mean, I I, I talked to a kid whose dad was a psychotherapist. They were working on an issue that he'd had for years. His dad was like, you know, would you like my help getting over this? And, And the kid said yes. And he took him in and he gave him a little MDMA. And he's like, problem was gone in 15 minutes. He goes, it had power over me for years. And with a little bit of MDMA and my dad's help doing what he'd done with, with thousands of other clients, the problem was gone in 15 minutes. So I'm not encouraging the use of illegal substances by any means. Um, I'm just sharing some stories that I've heard from other people.
0: And, and perhaps that should be step two. If step one is blood work panels, um, You know biomarkers evaluations of that sort. Perhaps step two or one one A should be process the trauma that you have.
1: Right. It's it's a big block. Right. I've seen people where they've applied the best biohacks for the physical body and have also simultaneously expressed an unwillingness to address the trauma from their past that we know is there, you know, in, in, in this specific example, um, uh, I won't name names, but it was a man who had been, uh, raped and, and sexually abused multiple times as a child. He didn't want to go there cause it was too painful, but he was willing to biohack his ass off. And, um, even going to some of the best facilities in the world for this stuff, he just kept getting worse. Hmm. So it, 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 if if that's if, if if you're listening to this and you know that this stuff is a part of your past or you suspect that it could be something that is that is having uh, an influence on your subconscious mind and your quality of life, the, the, the physical body and the emotional body are inextricably tied and, and they both need to be addressed.
0: Absolutely. I'm gonna plug another episode. We had Doctor Joe Tafur, who is a uh, Western-trained medical doctor in Arizona, and also an ayahuasca shaman, and also a uh, Lakota Lakota shaman. And he talks about. And he's written a book. Uh, he's working developing a book. Um, uh, the book the book that he wrote was uh, Brotherhood of the River. I think is what it's called. But he talks about this very thing. Uh, it's T A F U R Joe Tafur. A fascinating guy, a really good guy to have on your podcast, especially to this, to this end, because he talks about the emotional body, you know, like it has to be, it has to be healthy. It has to have love. Uh, You have to know where you stand, what you're willing to put up with, what you say no to, Um, treating your emotional body as importantly as you do your brain and your physical body. Because if you're not giving that attention, just like the example that you gave us, if you're not processing that stuff, you could see the best doctors. You could do IVs and and uh, whatever techniques and float tanks and all of that great stuff, but if you're neglecting and suppressing a trauma from your childhood that's that's slowly making its way through the dirt to bloom in your relationships and in the way that you think about yourself like that, that is that is so important, you know. I'm a I'm a giant proponent of psychedelics as well, you know. Again, I'm disclaimer: don't do anything that's not illegal, you know. I've 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 had twenty five. Do anything illegal? Yeah, don't do anything illegal. And also. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've, I've done 25 or so plus, um, ayahuasca sessions and it's different every time there's some, there's something else. It's like, Oh, I've got it. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm square. No, 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 you're not. There's other things. There's, there's, there's ancestral lineage that you need to process for, right? There's, there's, how do you think about death? Sean, are you cool with it? Are you, are you accepting its reality? Uh, are you neglecting the people closest to you? How, how are you not loving yourself? It, it's such, it's such important work. And it's funny that we've, that we've come into this sort of at the end of this, this, this podcast, but I think it's, I think it's really critical. And I really love what the way that you think about self-work and self-love because it has to start there. You can't get anywhere. You can't be optimal if you don't love, love yourself flat out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impossible.
0: So as we take this sucker home, um, please tell everybody where they can find, I know that's sort of an abrupt finish, but you know, you've, you've been so gracious with your time, tell people where they can find you. Um, and then I've got one more question for you. So how can people get in touch with you and, and what are you working on now that you'd love to share with people?
1: Yeah. So we've been, um, a, a, a big, a big transition in, our business and my life has been simplifying things and doing less things, but doing them better. So I, I love working with professional athletes, high level executives, and, um, but, but keeping it to a very small handful of people that I could give a lot of, uh, a lot of personal attention to. Um, so we've, we've been putting a little bit more emphasis on our coaching program and really building that out. Um, if, if someone wanted to learn more about that, they could go to biohackingsecrets.com slash coaching and there's an, an application and things. Um, we've got the free book, the biohacker's guide to upgraded energy and focus that we've done about 50,000 copies of that worldwide and projected to be over a hundred thousand by the, by the end of the year. And it's one of those things just help out with the cost of shipping and we'll send it to your door and you can check it out. And, um, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there that when, when applied can help people feel more energy and really get their, their body dialed in and their quality of life closer to its, its full potential. Um, what else are we working on? You know, there, I've got another book that I pretty much mapped out well in Costa Rica And I'm putting some systems in place with the business so that some of what I'm doing right now is a little bit more automated and and, and that I have some extra time to invest in the creation of, of that book and may even do like a version two of the biohackers guide. Um, and, and, and this is not necessarily like a pitch or anything. It's just something that's helped me a lot. I started, um, there's, there's a book called company of one that I'm reading right now, just listen to it for 30, 40 minutes while I'm working out. And one of the things that stood out in it was this concept of overhead equals death. And I don't know if we have any entrepreneurs that are listening, but there were so many times where I would look at the revenue that we had in a certain month, and I would be like, fuck yeah. And I would look at how much of that we kept, and I would go, what the fuck (laughs) and it's easy if you've got these you know a business that's largely online it's easy to have like a hundred different subscriptions and like you can't buy anything these days without it being recurring so I just went and started I canceled the cards that were associated with everything and I was like if I need it I'll put the new card on it but anything I don't need I'm going to let it expire and by slashing a lot of those expenses and um I've made, I've taken a more active role in building a life, a lifestyle that I truly enjoy. You know, what time do I want to go to bed? What time do I want to wake up? Where do I want to wake up? I don't want to work for the first week of the month to pay off my recurring expenses. Right. So, um, booking more trips, some of those like things that in the past I've been on the edge and I've been like, oh, like, uh, I'm too busy to do that. I'd say, fuck it, buy the plane ticket, commit to it, and you'll find a way to make it work. Even if that means being a little bit more disciplined than you have been in the past outside of your home setting, you know, so... I'm going to Greece at the end of this month. And then I'm going to meet, meet another friend and travel around before we meet a bunch of our other friends in Ibiza for a bachelor party. And, and I fully intend, maybe not during the bachelor party, but the rest of it, I fully intend on training every single day and working for a few hours every day and looking at my, uh, you know, my service and having a lifestyle that I love as two things that aren't mutually exclusive. I want to, I want to make it where I can travel and go awesome places and do awesome things and not have it negatively impact my business or my body. You know, so those are, those are some changes and some of the things that I've been doing that it's not really a pitch, but maybe someone listening that has a business or is an entrepreneur or is a, a high level executive or salesperson can have, take some things away from because, uh, it, they resonate with it.
0: Yeah, intention is 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 massive. Like, what what do you, what do you want? What, what are you trying to build? What's your intention? Yeah. Okay. So the last question is actually a fill in the blank um, that I ask all the guests. And so, if you would please fill in the blank, based on everything that you know, mm-hmm. everyone would benefit from knowing.
1: It's all love. Uh, not. In- the hippie I'm hopped up on MDMA thing, but like if that was the focus, all the other bullshit that we're trying to micromanage would fall into place or you wouldn't care so much about it because the needs that are being uh, that, that are not being met that we're trying to meet in the pursuit or accumulation of money or possessions or, uh, you know, even in some cases experiences. If 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 the love is there, then um, life life we realize life is a lot simpler than uh, than we sometimes make it.
0: Beautiful, well said. And I know
1: I didn't answer your question about. The- we'll do that in part two.
0: <laughs> it didn't answer my question about the what
1: about the, the the community in Florida. Oh,
0: that's okay. Yeah, so that'll, can, be, that'll be part two. We be part. Well, I, I I saw an opening to make it a make it a coaching session, so I, you know, like, well, what about you? Anthony like, what are you doing? How are you? So, yeah, we'll we'll put a pin in that. We'll we'll circle back to it. Anthony, thank you so much for your time. This has been such great information with stuff that people can use, ways to think about themselves, pure biohacking techniques, in addition to, I think, something that we really, really could go way deeper on, which is self-love and the emotional body and, and, and trauma. So, uh, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Sean. It was a pleasure.
0: Yeah, cool one. Yeah, Anthony D. Clementi, everybody. I, I really enjoyed our conversation because he's super down to earth, and to have a conversation with someone who has such breadth of knowledge, who also thinks practically about the way that they live their life and the information that's out there, and you know he's an expert in performance and works with really high level people doing really cool stuff, and. Yet, his perspective is very down-to-earth, very grounded, and I think that that is such a cool trait. And that's what I try to do every single week is to ground this information in a way that is useful to you, and I hope that with each of these episodes, there's something that you can take out of it, something that you can immediately use or think about, um, whether you're doing full-blood panels and hiring coaches like him or something smaller like Turning off EMFs, you know, unplugging your router at night. Hopefully, there's something out of every single one of these episodes that you can start doing right away. Uh, knowledge is power. So, yeah, thank you. Um, if you've listened this far and you listen every week, if you would, please go give us a five star review, us, me and the mouse in my pocket, all my guests, a five star review on iTunes. It means a ton to the success of this podcast. And we rely on you guys to take that few minutes to do that. And so, um, if you would, that would be totally awesome. Also, you can follow my Instagram. It's real Sean McCormick. I've got a bunch of emails, Sean at natural stacks.com. Sean at Sean McCormick.com. That's my website where you can learn about my coaching.